Okay, hello everyone. Today we will be studying the Mishnah for January 9th. The concluding Mishnah of the fifth chapter of Mesechet Brachot and the first, first Mishnah of the sixth chapter. The Mishnah says like this, If somebody prays and makes a mistake, it's a sign, it's a bad sign. It's like a, it's like a sign from Shemayim, from Hashem, that your prayer at this point is undesirable. The Gemara says that this is referring to the first blessing of the Amida, which is a paragraph that most people are familiar with. So if you find that you are sort of fumbling on your words, it's a sign that Hashem is not happy with the tefillah. Again, not much that you could do about it. Just says the Mishnah, Simen Rallo. Im If this person happens to be the Chazan, and he's representing the entire congregation, it's not only a bad sign for him, it's actually a bad sign for the people that sent him. As the Mishnah says, Simen Ra Lishalchav. It's a bad sign for the senders. Because the rule is, Shlucha Shal Adam Kimoto. The messenger represents the person or the people that he is working for. And if this happened to him, that means that his prayer, the community's prayer, is also undesirable to Hashem. As the Mishnah says, Continues the Mishnah, a little bit of a story. Amru Allah, a Rab Chanina ben Dosa. They said about Rab Chanina ben Dosa, that when he would pray for sick people, People probably asked him quite often to pray for family members or individuals that they know are sick. Vaomer Reb Chanina Ben Dosa used to say, "Zechai v'zemet." He was quite confident that I know who's going to live and who's going to die. Amrulam Yudnayin Atayodeya. He asked him, "How do you know? How can you be so confident?" Amrulam he said to them, "Imshigurat filasabefim." If I find that I am fluent in my tefila. I find that the words are coming out clearly. Then Then I know my prayer will be acceptable. But if I find that my prayer is just, it's not coming out fluently. I'm not coming up with the right words. Then I know that the tefillah is going to be rejected. The commentaries say that they don't believe Reb Chanina Ben Dosa used to announce his confidence. He wasn't walking around saying, oh, I know, Zechai, this one will live and this one will die. Rather, what it means is, based on his facial expressions, he would make some sort of face and from that, the students, his select students, would realize and then they asked him how he knew. Okay, so that's the conclusion, again, of the last Mishnah in the fifth chapter. Now we sort of move on to probably, um, well, I guess every chapter is relevant in Masechet Brachot, but you sort of get the sense that it's for this chapter that the tractate got its name, Mesechet Brachot, as we're now going to deal with blessings. Until now, yes, we dealt with blessings, but we generally refer to them as tefillah, as prayer, the blessings made up of prayer. Now we're going to be discussing blessings, like blessings before meals. So a little bit of an introduction. Blessings before meals um, are rabbinic, are from the rabbis. The only blessing which is biblical in nature, is the Berkat mazon, is the blessings we say after a meal. As the Torah says very clearly, Vachata, Visavata, Overachta. 
you shall eat, you'll be satisfied, and you will bless. That refers to Berkat Amazon. But the blessings that we make before a meal, Hamotzi Lechem in Aretz, Shakol Niebedvaro, Bar Priyetz, Bar Priyadama, Bar Mezonot, those are all rabbinic. The rabbis talk about why they instituted these blessings, and the rabbis say that it's, it's sort of a svara, it's obvious that of course one cannot enjoy anything in this world without first recognizing the Borei HaOlam, without first recognizing the Creator. It is obvious that one has to give thanks, one has to recognize who is the notain, who is the giver. So this first mission of this chapter discusses the specific blessings that one makes. Says the Mishnah, What is the bracha on fruit? Says the Mishnah, it depends. If it's a parrot of a tree, then you say, Right? But, you know, bless Hashem who created the fruit of the tree. Now, Obviously, there's the beginning of the blessing, Baruch Atah Hashem HaKinu Melech Olam. The Mishnah does not mention that. So, Bore, Pri Ha'etz, Chutz Min Hayayin, except for wine. Wine, the blessing that you make, is Sha'al Hayayin, Omer Bore, Pri Ha'gafin. Right? Obviously, on grapes, you make Bore, Pri Ha'etz, just like a regular fruit of the tree. But with wine, it gets its own special blessing. And the reason for that is, is because wine is... Uh, unique, the Gemara describes how wine is satisfying, wine makes a person happy, and therefore it warrants its own unique blessing. The Mishnah continues, If it's fruits of the ground, not of a tree, Now these words, again, are really taken from different verses in the Torah. Like for instance, is borrowed uh, really from a pasuk in, let me take a look over here, a pasuk in Bereshis, right? All the way Bereshis, it refers to, of course, in the beginning, say for Bereshis, it doesn't refer to Elon, a tree as Elon, it refers to Elon as eights, as a tree. Uh, similarly, when it comes to the word Bariprihadama, that's also pretty similar to the pasuk in Bereshis, Mipriha So when deciding the text of the blessing, it seems like we like to use words or texts that are already familiar to us from the Torah. Now, what is the difference between a tree and fruit that comes from the ground? This is a source of much debate. Uh, very short. Uh, the main difference is, is when it comes to a tree, when you cut off the fruit, the tree is still there. As opposed to vegetables and things growing straight from the ground, generally what, what you take when you take the item from the ground, everything is gone and everything sort of regrows every single year. As you know, you have to plant everything from the beginning as opposed to a tree, you don't have to replant. The tree is there, you take off the tree and the apples and oranges appear the next year. Uh, again, there is more to say on the subject. The Mishnah continues, bread gets its own blessing, even though it sort of is coming from the ground, of course. Shalapatu Omer, because on bread we say, Hamotzi Lechem, Minharetz. Again, that's also based on a Pasuk in Tehillim, Lehotzi Lechem, to bring up bread from the ground. Valha Yirakos, on vegetables you say, Bar Priha Dama. Rabbi Huda Omer, Rabbi Huda says, no. Rabbi Huda says, Bar Minei Dishaim. Rabbi Huda says something quite fascinating. He says that these blessings are not specific enough. He says, if you but if you eat a vegetable, you have to make a bracha, barminate deshayim. Deshayim literally is translated as herbage. You know, I guess what we would refer to as salad, leaves. 
And he felt, again, Rabbi Huda held that on vegetables, like, again, salad, one has to say, because you have to be a little bit more specific. You can't just say, comes from the ground. A lot of things come from the ground. I mean, trees also come from the ground. Uh, apples come from the ground. So therefore, you have to actually refer to it the way it is called in Chazal or by regular people. And Desha, Dalit, Shin Aleph is the way one refers to such items. Again, herbage is the way art school translates it. And you have to be very specific. Uh, similarly, the Gemara says he also argues and says, like on beans and items like that, you actually also make its own bracha. You say, any food where, we, where it's sort of like you're eating the seed, the seed is the food itself, then again, you would say, so again, but the halacha obviously does not follow Rabbi Yehuda. We, do, we don't get so specific. Again, Yerakot is Bore Pri Hadama, and Perot Ilan are Bore Pri Ha'etz. Okay, that concludes our learning for the day. I thank you so much for taking time out of your day to study Torah.